for our comrade from from Kentucky. Did you have any idea that you were going to be amongst that many people that day? No. I had no clue what to expect at all. Like, not not even an inkling. So what so, so did you tell your friends when you got back to Kentucky about this world cook-off? I, well, I came up, anybody ever asked me, said, how'd it go? And I said, world champion, bitch, waiting for the ring. <laughs> <laughs> Tell some big lies, fall under your category. Get with Aaron and Joe's, cause you know you wanna go and hear them cooking up a story. Just get with Aaron and Joe's, hey, you know you wanna go and hear them cooking up a story. So, your passion for the outdoors, where does that stem? Is it a family deal? Did one of your 71 cousins say, hey, we're going out crappie fishing. We're going to go shoot a squirrel. I'm going to say Frank Butler, the bake shop. You think Frank had something to do with this? He, he definitely had a lot to do with it. Uh, my father was always into bird hunting when I was younger. So I always remember having uh, Brittany's around, Brittany Spaniels, a couple other different bird dogs. and Would always want to chase around with them. And my uncles were always into rabbit hunting and coon hunting. So I chased around with them and just kept trying to keep up with the older ones, everything like that, and kind of got into something I absolutely loved, which, I mean, throughout the fish, it was more the hunting than the fishing, believe it or not. There wasn't a whole lot of opportunity to fish. The fishing was more like, well, if there's nothing else to do, we ain't got work to do, I guess we can go get a bass. <laughs> but every, everybody's more into the hunting growing up. So – so as a kid, did you start off BB pellet gun, twenty two shotgun? Is that the traditional way, or, or what was your route? Oh, no, I started off with a pop gun. <laughs> I started off with a little pop gun with a bag on uh, <laughs> that cork, cork on, on the end. end Absolutely. I bet Run you being from Kentucky, that. that cork probably smelled like bourbon. <laughs> <laughs> it might have. I don't recall the smell of that. But yeah, I remember down there on Green Road at uh, a fellow named Carl Michaels' his place. Running down through there, we was all rabbit hunting, and I had that little cork gun and just keeping up best I could, keep my legs straight because I couldn't really bend them in them coveralls. But oh yeah, <laughs> that, that was my first memory of hunting. It started with a pop gun, and then uh, the BB gun. Really didn't hunt with the BB gun. Them all got taken away for shooting my cousin with them. But uh, <laughs> you had spares, son. One of them. One of them. Well, yeah, you know, he been in the way. <laughs> you only. What do you, you got 72 of them? Yeah, you probably Round got 63 <laughs> of them that got both eyes. Yeah, you was aiming for his eyes, yeah. didn't you? I was, no, I was aiming for his ear. That's where I hit. <laughs> <laughs> so at what point did you figure out that the uh, the hunting portion was a big part of your life? Did you use it as medicine growing up? Did you, you use it as a way to kind of relieve yourself of... of uh, of real life I, I think most hunters if you don't get overwhelmed by the bullshit you see on tv if you just go out and do your job enjoy mm -hmm. the outdoors sit there you don't spend half your paycheck on the habit it's actually one of right. the most enjoyable things but we're being kind of fooled by by capitalism saying that you've got to spend all your money in order to put some meat in your freezer. 
I'm sure Drew, you're just like me and Martinez. We could catch just as many fish on a on a worm and a bobber. Sh- shoot just as much with a Winchester or Remington or Savage as we can with one of those high dollar things, right? Well, to a point. To a point. I was going to say the when same I get thing. into the high, yeah, when I get into the high dollar stuff, it, it's more to more to prove a point. More of a. Ah, well, I don't want to come off like a dick, but to, to look like a dick. <laughs> yeah. That's that's when I get the fancy rods and reels and the fancy guns and shit just to be a dickhead. And I bring them out for occasions where I'm with my brothers and my uncles and all them buddies, and I want to look the like event. a dickhead. And I want to look like a dickhead. The event. So, yeah, yeah, definitely I'm a, I'm a big, if it shoots straight, it's good for me. But at the same time, I, I find out when my little brother, his name's Craig, I find out what gun he wants, his dream gun. And, buddy, I will sell half the shit I own to buy it. <laughs> and Hell if yeah. I have that gun, he will never touch it again. <laughs> he stopped wearing his first brand of jeans because he seen me wearing a pair one time. I'm like, fuck, I'm a, I got you the rest of your life, buddy. <laughs> it's getting more expensive now. But <laughs> Hell yeah. Hell yeah. I'm but, yeah, you way. know, starting out. Starting out in the outdoors and everything like that, it was mostly trying to, uh, I, I wanted to impress my uncles and being accepted by them. That's what I really wanted to do. And through doing that, I found an absolute joy in being out there by myself. And, it, and when it clicked on me, don't matter if they're here or not, this is me. This is me time. I don't care if anybody knows what's going on. I don't care if anybody sees me for three days. I don't care if I get anything or not. The things that I'm witnessing and, you know, when all that stuff kind of came in, it was a pretty neat special deal. Yeah. And it's kind of fun having kids trying to show them that. But, you know, they're growing up with the YouTube and all that kind of stuff. And they see this, that, and the other. and Constantly outdoor network on the TV. That's my fault. But, you know, they've got these grand ideas about hunting. And when I take them, it never meets their ideals. Yeah. And I kind of feel like, it's a disservice maybe to even the younger, maybe all the younger generation. Hell, I don't know, but definitely mine from what they see and what they get to experience. They've got this grand slam in their head. You know, we're going to go out and we're going to see this 20 point buck, or we're going to go out and we're going to kill a, we're going to get our whole limit of squirrels today. Mm -hmm. You know, they kind of, kind of get that in their head and it's kind of hard to break them out of it. That limit of squirrels is a lot harder than people think. That is really tough. You, what you what you'd have to do is have that many places to hunt. I got to hunt in a place up in Missouri, probably six seven years ago. That was that place. Really? I mean, yeah, it was that place where you walk in there and the trees were alive. It was all pecans and it was semi flooded, and. <laughs> It was, you couldn't look in an area that you didn't see something. Something jumping branch to branch. And it, it was one of the rare times to where I literally, in an hour, had my limit back How many times in your wow. life have you killed a limit in a day? <sighs> What's the limit? Oh, hell, it, it matters where you're at. Okay, it, it's going to range from 8 to 15. 15 in Arkansas, all right? To where 15. Yeah. And, and so... Eight is probably six. Six in Kentucky. Yeah, yeah I get them out of my back door. <laughs> well, and and that's the crazy thing when we when we're talking squirrel hunting. It's not because there's not enough of them. 
it's some sort of bureaucrat bullshit to where they make this magic number is six. We're, we have never, through the Great Depression, through the Civil War, through any hard times in America, ran out of squirrels. Oh, we completely took out the deer population. We took out the bear population. We elk. killed elk off of the majority of the United States. That squirrel has been resilient. It's it's come <laughs> back from... Because they're kind of smart. I mean, everybody goes, oh, hey, you can kill 10 in my backyard. There might be 10. You can kill two. But you're going to shoot one, maybe two, and the other eight are going to be gone. They'll see you later. Yeah. They're going to go in that little, little hole about mm-hmm. that big around. Yeah. And it's just. Hell, even if you shoot them, Aaron, out of the top of the tree, there's a good chance that sucker's going to get hung up in a fork. Right. Yeah, he just. He'll just hang up there. there. And you could go ahead and shoot at it 12 more times if you want. But by he, the time. He may just hang on like <laughs> Ric Flair. He's got one claw. <laughs> Hold on, there. like Ric Flair. He's yeah. like inter- intercontinental champion. He, <laughs> and you get tired of you shoot him three more times and he ain't fit to eat. Are, <laughs> you ever seen a squirrel swim, swim across the lake? Man, if you want to get into the I'm great. The great squirrel that? migrations. Squirrel migration. They got one of them in Kentucky? Not, not that I'm aware of. The great squirrel migration where they just head out. We saw yeah, one, they do. Last time I was out on, <coughs> out on the lake, we were cruising around and up by the dam and beaver. It was swimming from that little camp spot over to the other side. And we reached out and grabbed it. And it squirmed out of my hand, jumped all over yeah. the boat, yeah. jumped on our boat. Luckily, you came out of that deal with all your cuticles. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Tell me that story. I remember that story about Orlando. Oh, yeah, riding on, on out with a rock. <laughs> hey, these squirrel migrations, there's... You docs. look at that. Drew, look that up on YouTube. Squirrel migration. There's, there's documented shit. proof that at one point, just outside, I mean, around Memphis... The migration was taken off, and these squirrels were swimming from the from the Tennessee side across the river into the Arkansas side, and there was really? thousands of dead squirrels along the bank of the Mississippi. If you go through and start studying the squirrel migrations, there was a squirrel migration that happened in Pennsylvania to where the federal government had to step in and put a bounty on squirrels because these squirrels were just sawing down the crops as like locusts. So is it just ever so often or Yeah, it's just it, it, it and it, what causes that it, they might be in a in an area where there's maybe they had a drought or whatever. Yeah, so you go from a huge mass crop to where they gotcha. have a lot of babies. Yeah, and then they just don't have anything to eat and so then maybe there's a fire. Mm-hmm. They're going somewhere. Yeah. Follow. You could have a mass crop followed by a fire, and now you just a drought, or there's nothing to eat. And then, I mean, well, I've seen them come through my neighborhood. I've been there 15 years, and I know of at least four or five times that the squirrels have come in and left. Well, yeah. So what happens is, is during a mass crop, like when there's a shit pile of acorns falling out of the trees, these squirrels will think, "Man, we got all the food we need. We'll go ahead and have a couple litters." Right. And so they, they'll have a couple litters because the food's all there. And then, boom, like Joe says, there's a huge drought. There's a forest fire. There's whatever. And now you got all these critters and nothing to eat. Mm-hmm. So they will charge like damn wildebeest crossing that river full of them crocodiles. Yeah. <laughs> huh. and, uh, and that deal will happen. So as a 
child growing up and becoming a a hunter did the word conservation ever run through your mind it absolutely did that that was the guys with the big blinky lights you had to avoid. <laughs> <laughs> the, the department of. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Actually, um, throughout the state of Kentucky, they have a conservation camp. So right about you're about twelve years old. Um, every, you know, all the kids had the option to go to this camp, and uh, it's a three or four day deal where they'll go through woodsmanship with you. You learn to swim, learn to operate a two-stroke motor on a boat, shoot different different guns, bow and arrow, species identification. Uh, kids can get their hunter's education card there. Uh, that was a pretty neat deal. Mm-hmm. Really enjoyed that, even though I'd already had my hunter's education card. Still went. Big fun, and I kind of I enjoy that still, that that program's going on today. Uh, and also, I was always involved with uh, National Wild Turkey Federation growing up. So my dad, at one point in time, was president of the local chapter. And whatever money they get back from the nationals, they do something called the Jake's Day. That's where I've actually met quite a few lifelong friends through that. And it's similar deal, but it's a one-day thing. You know, all the youth get together. You've got little competitions. I got drawings. You learn to shoot, do this, that, and the other. And that whole deal's kind of evolved that now uh, the same, pretty much same core group of guys are doing it, but they're not doing it through the Turkey Federation. They're doing it through the uh, Quails Unlimited and uh, Pheasant Forever, which is kind of a neat deal. This, I think this past year we had something like 400 and 420 kids. So 420 youth showed up, didn't pay a dime, all got to shoot guns, shoot bows, get lunch, have the opportunity to get their orange card if they were if they'd already done the uh, the classwork for it, learn about skinning, learn about all kinds of different things. Pretty neat deal. So, uh, you how many days a year do you think you're out in the field hunting, having this business and all? These days, I spend more time out looking for mushrooms than I do hunt. Are you a morel mushroom and, guy? I don't think it's morels that they have. Yes, sir. So I, I saw yes, I seen sir. a picture on your Facebook, and they weren't morels; they were different, something else. Chantrails. Uh, yeah, could have been chantrail. Could have been chicken of the woods. Could have been maitake. Could have been something. I don't know if it's legal to talk about. It could have been all kinds of things. They weren't growing out of cow shit, were they? Well, no. See, that only happens a little further south. We ain't got okay. them up here. Okay. Them dung-loving them dung psilocybins are usually Georgia and south. And there you go. I don't know about how far west. Been known to be in Arkansas. But, yeah. yeah. They they could be. They could be. I'd say a little further south for sure. Yeah, I have. But, yeah, I do. I've seen a picture of you harvesting some shrooms in a little basket. Cornucopia, if you will. Do you... Do you have a secret method to get rid of poison ivy, Drew? Piss on it. Uh, <laughs> or, have, right. or if you've got a Hispanic friend of yours? I will tell anybody who wants to know, and I've done a little bit of everything. Okay, let's hear throughout it. Throughout the year. Uh, what works best for me, the absolute best, is you get you some oatmeal and uh, <laughs> just cook that stuff up like extra thick. Go get a pair of your wife's pantyhose. 
and run it down through them pantyhose and squeeze that juice out on top of all your spots that are infected. The oatmeal. And let that thing dry, and it'll pull all the stuff out. You might have to do it a couple times, but that is the best thing I've found for doing it. Joe, you might need to do it. I'm knee deep times. in the poison ivy right now. He's got a bad, yep, bad case. Matter well, of fact, it's it's. If you don't have the time for that. Get some band roll-on deodorant. That works too. <laughs> or if you're really mad about it, you got any? You got any steel wool? Oh, I got some. I'll loan you. Oh, oh. or a horseshoe right, rasp. Horseshoe rasp. And bleach. And bleach. That work. Oh, yeah, yeah. I, I, I feel. Steel wool. Too, he's too far in. <laughs> hey, I, Joe, I've got some. I've got some pantyhose. A horseshoe rasp and some steel wool. What about the pantyhose? Or some you 85 octane. We can get you some oatmeal. Yeah. Well, pantyhose, you all ought to have pantyhose anyway. I mean, shit, that works real good for stink bait for cash fashion, too. Stink bait? Yeah, hell yeah. Yeah. Hell yeah. Is that just natural stink? <laughs> so, well, I mean, I guess I guess you get use pantyhose if you want. Preferably, <laughs> I like to take a little bit of chicken and there you let go. it marinate there you first, but... So, yeah, Drew, yeah. you sent me earlier today, you sent me kind of your walk-off song. You sent me <laughs> you sent me on Facebook Messenger a, a little tune. Aaron's going to play this. He's going to play a portion of this tune, and then I'd like to know the backstory on this. All right. How does a man get his own theme song, Drew? Because I'm looking. That seems to align. I hooked you one up. The Meat Man. Yeah, I know. The Meat Man's good. How does how does a man get a custom walk-off song like you got right there? Well, I've got a buddy who uh, plays guitar, does quite a few other things. He's probably my favorite singer-songwriter ever was. Cannot get him to do anything in public. And he's written all these great songs I love to hear. And I asked him one day, I said, hey, Brian, his name's Brian Schaefer. I said, why don't you write a song about the wildest thing you've ever seen in your life? <laughs> and he wrote a song about me. <laughs> That's pretty good. <laughs> it's a hell of a walk-off song. You know, if I'd have had that in my possession at the 2023 World mm. Champion Squirrel Cook-Off that just took place about one month ago in Springdale, Arkansas, USA, at the Arkansas Game and Fish Commission building. I could have probably played that theme song when you become the world champion of Squirrel. That almost would have felt rigged if you would have done that. Yeah. yeah. Now, Joe, remember, first thing that morning when you asked, you boys going for first, what did I say? 23rd. Going for 23rd. Absolutely. Man, didn't even get close. So... I know I failed at winning. So let's let's start this conversation off at the very beginning. How did you find out about the World Champion Squirrel Cook? I was wondering the same thing. Oh, uh, that'd be my friend Paul Cross. So Paul kind of been a mentor to me for quite a few years. Used to landscape with him, and uh, kind of got to a point where I started landscaping again this year because I mean, hell, a fella can't have too many jobs, right? Y'all ain't got Mexicans up there in Ohio. <laughs> None of the worst. Buddy, I'll tell you what. 
we used to, but they all got run out. <laughs> what run them out? <laughs> there ain't no wall to hold them in. What the hell run them out? I'm curious. I'll take, like, like grow, growing up, I used to strip tobacco next to a bunch of Mexicans. I'd plow with Mexicans. I'd house with Mexicans. We'd throw hay bales together. There just ain't no farms around here no more. So oh, I got you. There's not enough work to sustain work. them. Exactly. There's not enough work to keep the people who want to work here. People mm. probably got small yards there. No mowing. Uh, yeah, well, yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so but anyway, yeah, working with uh, Paul Croft, he uh, he brought the idea up to me and said, hey, we was actually supposed to go on a, a dove hunt down in Texas. And he backed out on me. And I asked him why he's backing out. He said, well, I'm going to go to the World Squirrel Cook-Off. And I said, what the hell is that? And why don't you want to go kill a bunch of birds? <laughs> so he started explaining to me a little bit. And I said, okay, all right. They said, I sure would appreciate you going with me. I need a lot of help. I said, okay. Did he hear about well, it on well, Bear Grease, or how did he yeah, hear? He did. Yeah. I think he did. I think, I think Bear Grease how he heard of it. So he and I kind of worked on and off together throughout the summer here and there. He'd help some of my jobs. I'd help some of him. He'd bring it up again, this, that, and the other. And uh, he had some ideas, and I kind of refined them. And I'll be honest with you, I was up till the last minute. I was trying to figure out how to get out of it. I'm awful busy to go down to Arkansas, but I'm awful glad I went. Uh, but yeah, he uh, he's the one that kind of turned me on to it, and he had some ideas and threw his ideas to me, and I kind of kind of threw how I thought maybe that could be a little bit better, and I threw a couple other ideas there he didn't really bite on, like you know I was going to do some squirrel brain and Paul Paul ice cream, but uh, apparently that was no go for him. Oh, well, I would have been all in on the squirrel brain I know where Paul you, Paul. I'll, I'll supply the pawpaws <laughs> next year. Huh. Oh, hell, that was the problem. We had a big drought up here, and I couldn't get oh, we had a, oh, we, got we, we had a good stand of pawpaws. So we, we have a couple guests come walked into the studio, and one of them is Miss Rebecca sitting over here, and Miss Rebecca is completely dumbfounded by the word pawpaw. And so, pawpaw right. for us would be an Ozark banana. Yep. It's a wild, it's a wild fruit. Go, go ahead, Rebecca. Rebecca Let's you hear your voice. Got bigger seeds. She's blushing. Bigger seeds. So, uh, so a pawpaw for us would be called an Ozark banana. What other names y'all have for them in Kentucky? I have no idea what that even is. You don't know what a pawpaw is? No. A lot of people oh, around here really pawpaw, don't even know what Go ahead, Drew. You know, Paul Paul's kind of what we call them. A lot of people down here really don't know what they are. A lot of people don't know what they are when they see them or how to eat them or anything. I know quite a few people just got into them, got pretty sick eating them because they try to eat the damn skin, or they try to eat them before they before they was all the way right. Didn't realize it's supposed to be custard. Right. Yeah. Is, is that it? Are we looking at? Yeah. So Aaron's just pulled up on the big old 80 inch screen right here at the uh, Cooking Up Story studio he's he's pulled up and it literally tastes just like a banana ozark banana right there on the top well, of the lid to eat the seeds not always. sometimes it tastes like a mango that is true sometimes a little mango sometimes they're a little banana they are they are north america's only tropical fruit it and looks, boy, do they it looks look like, like a mango trees and everything them leaves look like daggone banana leaves oh they're huge they're, yeah. they're probably the yeah. biggest Leaf on in any tree. Well, when you're walking oh, yeah. through the woods, you know that that's a you pawpaw bet. tree. You bet. Uh-huh. You're looking for a good place to go bow hunting early season. Find you a good pawpaw. You got them right. Yeah. 
So the, the, the pawpaw itself, like you, you mentioned, if you go and you take your fork or your blender and you mix them up real nice into a custard. The seeds or? No, the, the fruit itself, okay. the meat you of the take fruit. take seeds out. So okay. traditionally here in the Ozarks, you're going to find uh, a pawpaw bread, kind of like a banana bread. Yeah. You're going to make muffins. You're going to add it to your, to your batter with your cookies. You're going to make like a pawpaw cookie. Um, it's a starchy fruit yeah that is just like joe said or <coughs> or or uh, drew said it's the most tropical thing that we have i think that's right yeah outside other, other of the damn the tropics other than the banana trees i got it by my and martinez has banana trees so other than if you're at martinez's house this is going to be the most yeah, them bananas ain't trees or shrubs <laughs> yeah, no, no i've got trees <laughs> Martinez babies these things. I got some big bastard now. But he, I'll tell you what, cut one down, see if it's got any rings in it, or see if it's just fibers. Oh, it's rings. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I cut them down every year. I cut them down every year. I'll send you some pictures. <laughs> if you, Martinez's address is Martinez's address is one one three Chiquita Drive, Hiawassee, Arkansas. Yeah. <laughs> Chiquita Drive. <laughs> if you could, you could look it up. So, all right. So you were thinking about backtracking. You were going to get out of being at the Squirrel Cookoff, but then your fanfare there in Cincinnati, Ohio, at Eli's Barbecue said. Son, you currently don't have a single world championship. You need to get your ass to Arkansas and do something. Well, I really didn't tell anybody but my wife and uh, and Paul Crawl's son. I talked to him about it, and that was it. And when it got closer to it, I, I realized there's no way I could back out. I couldn't disappoint Paul. Just couldn't do it, man. You know, you meet them people in your life that, They've done something for you, and you do anything in the world for them. Like, good Lord, I got so much more shit I got to get done, but ain't going to let them down. What'd your wife That's say about this, about this uh, detour uh, you took? Well, he's supposed to be in Texas. Yes, I so. can't really tell you what she thinks. Well, that's, well that was going to be the following weekend. I couldn't pull uh, both off. Ooh. <laughs> but turns out it worked out okay because they didn't shoot very many birds in texas that weekend. and you come home with a thousand dollars and a hell of a trophy <laughs> a big old trophy well, I don't, we didn't come home with a thousand dollars we just paid for a few i don't know if you've seen that big rig i was driving that thing ain't cheap i, I didn't sugar huh that was martinez's job that. to be out there with the people i was hiding inside yeah. of a building in the air conditioning the old 2000 excursion with the 7.3 power stroke in it. Mm. Yeah, she, she a little diesel. She's so you thirsty. come home with 200 bucks, what you're trying to say. <laughs> so, Drew, oh, yeah, well. <laughs> your recipe was a squirrel Diane. Is that correct? Or uh, Correct. We switched it up from Diane to Loretta. So it was uh, Paul Cross' idea to do the Diane sauce. It was my idea to switch it up to bourbon because who in the hell wants cognac? And then we followed all that up with uh, he had the recipe for me and I screwed it up bigger than shit when I was cooking it that day for the for the competition. So just so you know, if I write down a recipe or if he writes down a recipe for that, it will not be the exact same. Exactly. Yeah. So let me for the listeners, there is thirty. What do we have? 36 turn-ins. I believe 36. you guys were 11. Is that right? 
Yes, sir. I think you were turning number 11, and the only reason I know that you're turning 11 is because all of the judges at table number one said you need to taste number 11. And there was this real creamy golden sauce piled up on a squirrel thigh that was perfectly cooked. It was as tender, fall off the bone as you could imagine. But there was a sauce, Joe. And this sauce, you run a finger through this, and instantly you think, man, if I threw some shrimp up in that sauce, or I threw some crawfish in that sauce, or if I put that sauce on a piece of cardboard, <laughs> it's going to be the de- best damn piece of cardboard I ever ate in my life. Now, that was part <laughs> of it. The second part of it is the side dish, and the side dish was this mincemeat fried pie. Now, mincemeat in general sounds kind of scary. But, but you fried pies. It's a hand pie. It was just yeah. like it was just a little old fried hand pie. This mincemeat was sweet, like honey sweet. Mm. With chopped up, mm. finely chopped up squirrel inside of it. And there's been hundreds of dishes turned in at the squirrel cook-off that are just as weird and random as possible. So whenever the judge said, you've got to try this minced squirrel meat pie, I said, I'm good. <laughs> and uh, Mark Lambert said, Joe, you got to put a bite on this. So I put a bite in it, and that mincemeat squirrel pie was one of the finest things out of all of the squirrel cook-offs I'd ever put this mouth here around. Now, the sauce, that following weekend, I had to make that sauce. I heard, just walking around, I heard that there was a $100 plate that got turned in. It would probably be. And it was, ended up being Drew's here. Oh, yeah, you were right there. We, we talked yeah. to, to a friend there, wasn't we? Yeah. Hey, so, let's, so we've got a co-worker that works with Aaron and I, and his name's John Bolsters. And John Bolsters won the award for drunkest human being at the squirrel cook-off. <laughs> he sure uh, did. You, he just got to be the sleepiest by the end. If, you would, he was no him, if we could show you a picture of him, you would damn sure know who he is. Uh, well, definitely he, knows, he knows Bolsters. So yeah. Bolsters' barometer on drunkness <laughs> is by how many buttons he goes down on his shirt. <laughs> yeah. And when he gets to That's the last lot. button near the belt buckle, this dude is tore down. <laughs> he, all of his hairiness is going to be propped up. This son which it looks like Chewbacca. He's a hairy fella. <laughs> <laughs> He's a hairy fella. Now, he sent me a text about 6 o'clock. We wrapped up by 5. And at 6 o'clock, he sent me a message. And it says, why does my truck smell like gas? <laughs> why is my wife so pissed at me? <laughs> <laughs> and I think it's because he had that shirt unbuttoned so late. <laughs> she knew. She knew when he walks in in that shirt. So for our listeners who may be in Cincinnati or whatever, describe the festivity of the World Champion Squirrel Cook-Off because you showed up, what, at 6.30 in the morning? Uh, I have no idea, but it was still dark. I think we was the second, second people there. Um, showed up pretty good. Pretty good time, pretty good place. Uh, hell, it's been so dang long, I can't hardly remember a whole lot. 
you got you got to realize that me and John got to a pretty similar place by the end of that. <laughs> and I did the best I could to help him out with his wife. He may or may not remember this, but I left him a couple a uh, couple nice little planters that we brought with us from Kentucky. He said, "Here, take him home with you." Hell, he wasn't listening, but did our best there. So, I'm not sure. <laughs> so did you? He, he, yeah, I'm not sure if you can see that, but that's our buddy. John. He's showing a picture to you of John. That's how that's how yeah. he ended oh, up. Yeah, yeah. I helped I helped take down the easy up over top of him right there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was there helping tear down. So uh, I seen he wasn't going to be much help. <laughs> so for our comrade from from Kentucky, did you have any idea that you were going to be amongst that many people that day? No. Nah. I had no clue what to expect at all, like not not even an inkling. So what did you so what did you tell your friends when you got back to Kentucky about this world cookoff? I well, I came up. Anybody ever asked me? Said how'd it go? And I said, "World champion, bitch, waiting for the ring." <laughs> <laughs> Fuck yes. So <laughs> was that the one? Oh yeah, sure. Uh, so. We got about five, 6,000 people show up to watch Drew cook squirrel on a hot September day. And uh, the, the part of this deal, for those who haven't been a part of it, is we feed hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people. Public. Public. Anybody, everybody I mean, shows anybody that walks up. We, we feed them. And there's no way for a guy from Kentucky to understand the kind of crowd and the kind of persistent ask for you got any squirrel for us to eat they don't even know and and then you take a guy like drew who's in the zone he's there to get 23rd place that's what he told me early in the morning absolutely <laughs> i failed <laughs> he, he he doesn't know how many people are going to come up and and want to talk and so you're in the zone trying to create this dish that you can place you want to walk i mean mm -hmm. truthfully you drove a long way or you come from wherever you want to walk to the to the winter circle um you know one of your guys one of your cooks that was on your team sent a message on on your facebook page and was saying about what kind of good job we did on that event what does a good job yeah. is actually the teams and the people that show up if the teams don't show up to show out, we don't have an event. Yeah. And so this is what I know. If it was John Balsters, if it was Derek, if it was anybody who come in, in contact with you, Drew, during that day, you left a mark on the boys in Arkansas. Mm -hmm. Now, it could have been the fact that you really didn't have any ingrown toenails when you were walking around <laughs> Kentucky barefoot in the great state of Arkansas. I don't know. But uh, you you were our kind of people, and that's why we wanted to bring you on the show tonight. But um, the squirrel, I appreciate that. Yeah, the Squirrel Cook-Off gave us the opportunity to meet. But as everybody's heard, there's a lot more to this dude. He's got Absolutely. giant balls, right? Absolutely. And uh, a hell of a cook. Was your wife and kids proud of that world championship? Where's the trophy at? Oh, well, Paul Cross still got it. He's going to show it to his dad, and I was going to take it to the restaurant at some point in time. But All right. Uh, we haven't walked that far. I tell you what, I ain't going to show up to that restaurant until that trophy is mounted I on the wall the in thing. Cincinnati, Ohio. 
Maybe we'll well, take the I'm going to let y'all know first off beforehand. Y'all stop by my basement first before you go to that restaurant. Absolutely. Joel drive the RV. So I, bet, I bet if we do that, we so won't make it to the restaurant. <laughs> but, uh, hey, I got some taxi drivers around here. Hell yeah. Hey, how has your wife been through all these trials and tribulations of, of building up such a successful barbecue place there in Cincinnati? Has, has she supported you? Has she worried about you? Uh, what, what's that conversation been like? Joe, I'm not sure if this question's a trap or not. <laughs> set up. I'm trying to get you to be able to go dove hunting and go to the squirrel cook-off. <laughs> You're getting kicked <laughs> out. So well, no, no. Take my, advantage my of the always, opportunity, son. Yeah. Yeah, my wife's always pretty supportive. She knows I'm kind of, kind of a jokey type of fellow, too. I like to pull some punches here and there, and sometimes it's at her expense, and she's still an awful good support about it. Um, yeah, I, I mean, she's pretty much stuck by me with all that kind of stuff with the restaurant and everything like that. Uh, she just knows, she knows I'm out there trying to do what I can, what I got to do and we're going to get it all done and do our best. But there's still that now, Joe, this is kind of tough for me talking about my wife. Please go, man. I'm just trying to hook you up. Yeah, I know, but I don't know if that's going to help or not. It will. (laughs) It will. (laughs) At least it'll be one hall pass. How about that? Yeah, yeah. Well, I'll put it to you this way. For a fella who's as strange as I am, who does as many weird things as I do, it's completely off the freaking wall. I'll never forget the day I woke up and said, hey, honey, we're going to go get married next week. She said, what do I got to do? I said, pick out a dress. I got everything else covered. You know, that's kind of been our life together. Whatever I do or whatever she does, she knows that I'm going to react in a strange way and it's all out of love and she just respects i guess she respects me for it or at least she makes the best of it she might just be scared to death. To. <laughs> now me and Mar- me and martina stalked you a little bit today and your wife you kind of you you kind of uh we would say you overbid your hand just a little yeah bit. you overbid your hand have you looked at yourself naked in the mirror at all <laughs> Well, Mister, you know what I could. Well, let's not go there. But uh, yeah, you know, if you're gonna marry, you better be the ugly one. Goddamn right, that's ideal. <laughs> it, it, it looks like you did a fair job on picking out a, a woman, and uh, obviously, if y'all been together for this long, something's going right. So. Oh yeah. Yeah. Yeah, she's awesome. She's a lot more than I ever deserved or expected. That's for damn sure. So, what about next year? You gonna be in on the squirrel cook-off? Yeah, but I think I'm going to split up the Kentucky team. Oh, two mm. Kentucky teams. I think so. I, I think, think I'm going to let idea. Paul. Bring, yeah, I think, I think I'm going to let idea. Paul bring his buddy Paul again and whoever they want. And I'm going to have one assistant. Your My assistant's only job is going to be, I don't know. No, probably not her because she's going to have to take care of the kids. They can come too, though. But I only need one person, and their only job is to go get me squirrel bra. <laughs> That's I, right. I need some dedicated beer runner. Yeah, that's all I need. That was a decent beer, was it not? It's not bad. I got a case on, on the refrigerator. I got I got about another twelve pack upstairs. Yeah, you guys think we I ought to make that a, a standard? Beer. That that one beer recipe is the standard every year. I think so. I yeah, because so. they were talking to me about it the other day. I just you think they can do it? They, oh yeah, like the same shit. They write oh, down yeah, recipes. They, oh, they got it. Yeah, yeah. yeah we put, talking about that all. They in might batches and batches and batches. They're talking about putting the homebrew level of it in the cookbook. Yeah, well that's fine. 
I just I ain't never had any homebrew beer that's worth the shit. Well, anyways. bring your wife with you next year. We'd like to meet her. All right. Oh, Joe, I got some homebrew beer you need to work on then. No kidding. Uh huh. You know uh-huh. what, man? It's been good friends of mine have come over and they'll say, "Dude, you got to try this. I done made this." It's, and I'll open it up. And I tell them I gotta go piss or something. <laughs> I get rid of it and, and lie to their face. Well, mine'll come in a keg. I'll put it that way. It starts in a keg, and I ain't even gonna say nothing. I'll just be like, "Grab you a beer out of one of them kegs." Hey, that'll look good. A little keg of it, right here in the shop, right here in you the bet. studio. So we got to do it. Let's uh, let's do this. So, Aaron, you want to lead Drew? In, well, how about a little politics for you? I, I noticed as I was scamming through, scamming through your uh, Facebook book that you're a little bit vocal on how things are going in this country. Uh, that I am. And with that being said, you would think with say 330 million Americans that we could pick someone fairly decent to kind of help out this country and run things. What do you think is the reason why we cannot find a by God, true American to be a, I don't know. He's not our leader, but the, uh, the trophy of our country. Yeah. Uh, I'd say 50 years of brainwashing and everybody wants to everybody wants to make everybody else happy. Everybody looks and sees like, hey, what's my neighbor think? Well, I got to think this because they think that. And that and when I say everybody, it's definitely a generalization. Most, most of us. For yeah. the most part, right. For the most part, people want to be accepted and they'll pick like one thing. And it's gotten to the point where you're looking at two rotten fruits, Right. One's got a worm in it, and the other one's got mold. Well, what would you rather eat? Do I want to eat the worm, or do I want to eat the mold? That's kind of what you're at, and everybody's looking more on the bad side of something else than the good side on the other. Which is the worst of two evils. Yeah. Yeah. That's exactly what our election cycles have been in forever, and that goes from local all the way up. And that's where it starts. You know, you can't, can't go in and expect to change the U.S. government overnight. That's got to start local. That's got to start school city board. Council. School like, board is a big yeah, deal. Commissioners, absolutely. Work your way up the line. Yeah. That's where all that stuff's got to start. Do but you, I don't think it will. Do you? So, how, how, what's the distance from your house in Kentucky to where your shop is in Ohio? I'm about 23 minutes. Okay, so you're 23 minutes. Okay, so there's an imaginary line separating Kentucky. No, it's a river. Okay. Uh, yes, sir. Yes, sir. It's <laughs> a real line. All right. There's <laughs> a muddy creek. It's a muddy damn creek, and none of us want to cross okay. to get up there. So there's a river called the Ohio <laughs> that separates. That separates you. Okay, so you got to drive over a bridge. Okay, but blindfolded. Good call, Bill. But blindfolded. You cross over this bridge into Ohio, and you can probably tell the difference if you're in Kentucky or you're in Ohio. The you? big buildings are in Ohio. <laughs> There's big buildings in Louisville, well, too. I'm not in Covington. <laughs> well, excuse me. Well, I'm sorry, Drew. Louisville is Indiana. Okay. So, yeah. I'm screwing this really whole deal up. I'm telling you, 
there's a there's a pile of difference between being in Kentucky and being in Ohio. There is a smell for one. Drivers for two. <laughs> <laughs> Pull that picture back up. That was Cincinnati. Which yeah. one right there? I think. Yeah, that's where he's at. Well, when you clicked on it, it was up like a something popped up. Yeah. So when so being in Ohio, they they probably vote different than they do in Kentucky. They uh, they tax different than they do in Kentucky. So y- your business is based off of Ohio citizens right there in Cincinnati. For the most part, yes. What do they think about a, a – first of all, Aaron, can you pull up – that's a great picture of Cincinnati. Could you pull up the Briar definition? Oh, gosh. <clears throat> yes, I can. I'd like – yeah. Briar definition. In the Urban Dictionary. That's dad lore. Let's see. Briar. Bill, could you read that out loud? Briar is a reference used in southwest Ohio and southeast Indiana to refer to a white person of Kentucky, usually eastern Kentucky and sometimes even east Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia heritage. The term is a certain amount of irony because much of the areas where the term is used are chock full of briars. Uh Keep going. Keep going, Ben. <laughs> oh, you want to go farther? Okay. <laughs> well, you know, that's where it really starts. It's the N-word of white folks is the part of the Upper South. Is that far enough? Well, the well I mean, you're almost done. Shit, it's oh. only a paragraph. Well, if you're a briar, you may call another briar briar, but if you are not a briar and call another briar, them's fighting words, briar, especially well-known to Dayton, Ohio. All right. So, <laughs> Drew, are you a briar? Boy, I wear that pride. No, yes. proud N word for white boys. So, huh. do your I, customers know you're a briar? Do you have more of a of an accent than most people in Cincinnati? So, I've done my best to have a certain level level of anonymity. I don't want anybody to know who I am or that I exist. <laughs> good, good call. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, I I can't tell you how many customers have. Well, actually, 99% of customers have had no idea they were dealing with the owner of the restaurant. Nice. They and saw- all the employees were always... I used to live upstairs Humble. of the restaurant. And all the employees were told when somebody come in and ask for me, they'd say, Drew? Who's Drew? I've never heard of him. <laughs> that was real fun one time my mom come in. <laughs> and she, she didn't have her phone on her to call me. Like, I'm looking for you. I was trying to get a mail, and I don't know what to do. But, yeah, that was that was part of the training. You don't know who Drew is. You never heard of so do yeah. So do the people in Ohio uh, look down to the people in Kentucky? Well, I don't want to say yes or no, but I will say there's definitely a difference in culture. Yeah. And throughout, throughout, the, uh, throughout the time I've been alive, it's got a little bit closer between the river. And I kind of live in a weird spot where if I go five minutes south, I'm a damn Yankee. I go five minutes north, I'm a damn Briar. So I'm kind of like right there in the middle of everything. But uh, yeah, I'll say in general, it's gotten better as far as everybody's more PC and worried about what people think. 
so nobody really looks down on everybody wants everybody to feel good i guess but there's definitely that underlying yeah, yeah, there's a difference between Ohio and Kentucky and the way people feel about it. Aaron, could you trying put, to figure out a way to say it and not get in trouble? <laughs> You're not going to get in trouble. No one listens to the well, show. Well, you got Doris Chase, <laughs> Steven Spielberg, Roy <laughs> Rogers. Nobody, nobody listens to this show. Could you pull up Briar Rabbit? <laughs> yeah, I sure can. That's Briar Rabbit, not Briar. Well, yeah, yeah. there's a difference. Briar met brother. Is right. He's going down the wrong rabbit hole. Okay, so I'd like I'd like a I'd like a, a wee bit of uh, so. Okay, so that's spelled B R funny little hash mark E R. Brer, yeah. What? Are you okay? Keep going. Okay, so today, believe it or not, was the first time I ever heard that there was a word called Briar that was derogatory towards a person from Kentucky who goes into Ohio. Uh, we don't have that terminology in Northwest Arkansas. Well, I, I think we did. I mean, because I told you a little, about, a little bit of history from in Bentonville. In the in the town of Bentonville, the north side at one time was called Briartown. Now, I don't know oh. if that means kind of the same thing. Oh, so it's a little connect right there. Okay. So is this B-R-E-R rabbit? Is that some sort of red coats version of the word briar is that what that is briar rabbit but it because it's briar rabbit and the tar baby okay so what was the tar baby deal so i'm gonna have i'm gonna have drew explain it because in my opinion this is a story that was told to even Bill, go ahead. Bill, you got a phone in your hand. What do you well, say? Well, it says Br'er, the definition thereof, is used as an informal title before a man's name, like Br'er Jean. Okay, so this was a French rabbit? Apparently so. <laughs> <laughs> In slang, it means brother. <laughs> the way that I took this story. It's southern U.S. black slang dialect brother, usually prefixed to a name, like Br'er rabbit. Okay, so... Tar baby. <laughs> that was a crow, wasn't it? <laughs> so tar baby. I looked this up earlier today. Tar baby had never been used as a racist term. Matter of fact, there had been multiple politicians who used this terminology, and they just meant. Uh, look up tar baby real quick, Bill. All righty. Tar tar baby is pretty much like working class. But a dumbass. <laughs> dumbass working class would have been a tar baby. What do you got, Bill? A difficult problem that is only aggravated by attempts to solve it. Is a tar baby? That's the informal definition it says, yes. Disposal of nuclear waste was a problem whose solution was endlessly delayed. A tar baby no one wanted anything to do with. Have you ever used that in your life, Joe? I mean, I've heard of it. I no, liked I Uncle remember. Remus. I didn't get much past that. I like that dude. All right, Drew, you're the expert. Uh, All right, so I think, I think our, our disconnect here is we're using modern dictionaries for uh, words exactly. in terminology. That's, that's about it. a half. Compared to just, just go back to Kentucky slang and we're good. All right, yeah. help me out. Help me out. What is, what's, we go. what's going on with the Br'er Rabbit and the Tar Baby? Oh, well, heck, I don't, it's been a long time since I read that one. 
They got a book. Yeah, they got. You never yeah. read this book? I saw the yeah, show. Of course. There's a book for sure. Huh? Just kidding. All right. So where I was going with this deal is a lot of stuff we learned in our youth has completely like ring around the rosy and all of these things that we used to do as child ring around the rosy was like burning people because they had the plague and ashes to ashes we all fall down brer rabbit and the tar baby probably meant something other than what the hell i thought it meant but i don't know have you ever used the word tar baby in your life aaron Mm, tar baby Is that even allowed to say? Can you even say that? I don't even Why? Because you got some some sort of perverted mind think that you're going to be a racist for saying tar, baby? Do you know that this racist means... Racist and perverted. A, this means it's the proper disposal of nuclear waste, as Bill just read. <laughs> See, I think that's bullshit. <laughs> Is that off Urban correct. Dictionary? I don't think that's correct. <laughs> something tough to get yeah, rid of. Something tough to get rid of. Right. But that wasn't Urban. That like was, right now, this poison ivy running down my arm. That ain't is nothing a, but tar a tar, baby. baby. Yeah, it's just, got it. I got tar, baby, running down my arm. A, a dummy made of tar which cannot be struck without getting oneself hopelessly stuck to it. Well, I must be in trouble. Mr. Rabbit Mr. and Mr. Fox. So was the fox the tar baby? This whole tar baby deal is absolutely ridiculous. I believe this. I mean, I've heard of tar baby. <laughs> but I'm not going to tell you. I think I've heard, heard of it, but I don't know. Yeah. You guys are scared to say what definition you know of as tar baby. I just love I the really songs and I, 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 I don't think, I, I don't think it think would I'd, be something to do with black folks. It sounds like it could be racist, but I have no idea. Did Tell they me, ever? I, the I, issue I of immigration say, has become a tar baby for President it, it George. Definitely Trump. could be true that, but if, if if my recollection's right, when you said somebody could be stuck oh. and hopelessly stuck. Well, this says that that's right. Yeah, rabbit. This says tar baby. You know, now used as an insult to black people. The tar baby was originally a jet black baby doll because it was made out of tar, used to trap bear rabbit or, or briar rabbit in an American folktale. Tar baby can also be a term used to describe a sticky situation. In it's Kansas, not racist you? to call an actual tar baby a tar baby. <laughs> That's like saying it's racist to call Ritz. Crackers or chocolate <laughs> sandwiches, cookies. So you, so you know where the whole deal of uh, crackers came from? Where? Out of the box. Oh, the whip. Yeah. It was a whip. Yeah, cracking a whip. Yeah. Huh. It was a cracker. Oh. Drew, in your life as a Kentuckian, have, have you seen things get better or worse to the people who live around you? Both. Absolutely both. Based you know, off of effort? Talking, well, no, not necessarily. Somewhat, somewhat. But as we were talking earlier with the gentrification piece, you know, making stuff better, this, that, or the other. In my area, all that means is we're going to take what we see as a problem and we're going to move it out somewhere else. So for the people who, who really don't have an option and their properties are going to be bought up, an eminent domain or whatever and they have to move out i feel like that makes them worse but for the people who you know hate to be on this crowd but i'm happy to be on this crowd who got the balls and want to risk everything they have to go into an area before it does that or right when it's doing that it's a good thing yeah 
So it, 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 it hits, it's about a very similar demographic that it hits proportionately, but ultimately the people who really make the money is the people who own the damn land. Right. Right. Hmm. Heard a barber right. say so, that. Yep, you did. Well, I, I'll say, I'll say as far as like my area is concerned, uh, I think it's, I think it's worse for everybody. And mainly because, you know, we, we've lost a lot of the hometownness. We've lost a lot of the everybody knowing their neighbors, everything like that. And now it's, we're going to go out to a restaurant. We're going to go to this this area where all the restaurants are. Yeah. Or we're going to go out to the bar. We're going to go out to this bar area. So it, it kind of takes away, you know, you got you to realize there's only a certain amount of commerce, a certain amount of dollars to be spent unless you're the U.S. government. They get access to every dollar everybody makes. Unless you're them, you are at a volatile level to where that money is either going to go to you or it's going to go to somebody else. Yep. And there's no way that one person can fix that, change that. So if one person goes up, another one goes down. Mm. Yeah, you're right. Uh, is your kids going to stay in Kentucky, you think? Or you think they'll try to move away from where you're at? Well, I'm really pushing for us to move to Florida, but wife ain't having that. <laughs> Why really? Florida? Perfect Why Florida? Yeah. Uh, place called Franklin County, Florida. About twelve thousand residents. I think. Uh, I think it's like two hundred and forty miles of coastline. You just one traffic it. light. Four county cops. <laughs> got the cops no conservation oh, outfit boy. that's oh, oh okay. I've, I've, I've already handle. met all the conservation officers down there that's a big county <laughs> so that oh, yeah. we just learned through this last uh hurricane season they had their first hurricane in 100 years just ran up that way right no yeah i thought it was right there in that old pocket it looks like, I think, I think it, it was farther east. No, oh, that, yeah, that was over that, here. That went a little bit Apalachicola was over yeah. here. It was over there. Okay. Yeah, Apalachicola area, they got hit with that, uh, oh, what was it? Uh, oh, heck. Jane Fonda. can't remember the last one. No, no, does no, everybody, no, that was the U.S. troops. Uh, I mean, does everybody <laughs> in that county live on the coast? It looks like. No, not at all. But a lot of people do. So when you drive down through there, any way you get there, you're driving through 60 miles of national forest. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Everybody that lives there is is all on the coast. Yeah. Well, you've got two other towns that are not on the coast. Two other towns. Uh, St. Teresa. Sarabelle. Bain Beach. Y'all got bad chiggers and ticks there in Kentucky? Oh, oh yeah. Oh hell yeah. We get <laughs> we get ticks in, we get ticks in January. You just get them in one <laughs> month. January. <laughs> oh no no. Like, so they're all no, they're year round. That's good. Oh say. yeah, they're terrible. Damn, what's Aaron terrible. looking at there? What's all Those that snail trail? That Son is a, bit, like, a messed up county line. That looks like, like that, that looks like Porter Wagner's suit. That's the county line. That's that we're looking at county lines. <laughs> Jesus, here. you don't want to move there, Drew. That, that place is too damn mess. confusing. Dude. I think you just need to move to Arkansas. St. George Island's beautiful out there. Some of the yeah, St. George Island is beautiful. Some of the prettiest but sand while you're, you ever Aaron, seen. While you're looking at that, while you're looking at that, Aaron, you ought to look at St. Vincent Island. St. Vincent Island has a breeding population of sandbar deer on there, and they have drawings to go hunt them sons of bucks. 
Well, shit, there's if one you right don't there. Know where the <laughs> there he is, right there. He's 12 foot. Tell us about a sandbar deer. You can get your trophy deer. Is they that are uh, uh, Southeast Asian elk. Oh, they got teeth? Like big fangs? <laughs> no. Nose. No, no, no. I think, Slanted I think you're, eyes. You're uh, Madagascar deer. Oh, yeah. <laughs> they got that syndrome. That horse is literally made out of sandbar. Like you can see the waves in lab. the ocean. That's a black like, lab in the land. They planted that that no, grass. You can get look, it low. Uh, I think you're looking at Bird Island. No, this look is a little, look a little bit further. He's Saint, on Saint Vincent. This is Saint Vincent National Wildlife Refuge, right over there by the ha- the yeah. Hatch Cemetery. The West Pass Camp. They bury peppers there. <laughs> they bury peppers there. Yeah. <laughs> we don't see any deer. Oh, well, if y'all ever want to go down to the ocean somewhere where you ain't got to deal with a whole lot of people, get kind of pretty beaches, good fishing, opportunities to hunt, got to deal with a bunch of poachers and shit. But you get the uh, you get the old melanoma yeah, if you're down there. <laughs> Kind of pretty beaches. <laughs> beaches kind of yeah. suck, but the hunting's good. They got Hell them. Yeah. Well, I tell you what, there, there ain't there ain't no high rise condos. There ain't no fast food restaurants. You gotta get it's there. It's all just good on home people on the coast of Florida with Is seafood. It, you gotta get there by boat. They got a they got a Waffle House. Oh, yeah, they ain't got any house there. <laughs> if they ain't got a Waffle House, shit, I don't know if I can live there. <laughs> well, there's a, there's a, the closest Waffle House is probably about, uh, I'd say, 120 miles from there. Jesus. If, if you're going the way I know. <laughs> well, hear me out, Joe. They got a place called uh, Tudor's Biscuit World up there in Panama City. Tudor's. I'm yeah. Tudor's. That yeah. sounds like my kind of joint. I mean, that sparked all of our interest <laughs> yeah. there. You used to call yeah. it Hooters. They got, they got a Waffle House there, Tudors. too, but the Tudor's is a little bit closer to you there from Franklin County. Tudor's and is I'll a horrible right name for a restaurant. Tudor's is? Tudor's? I mean, Tudor's? everybody thinks of fart. <laughs> <laughs> Give me your biscuits. <laughs> I think y'all are thinking of Tudor's. Is a little bit different than I was thinking of it. I thought yeah. that it sounded nice and homely. Well, I'll tell you what, that place Sounds is smelly. unbelievable good. But yeah, I'm with you on that Waffle House, Joe. That's about my only national chain I like to go to. Yeah. You can always get a story out of a Waffle House. Man, Waffle House, if you get there at the right time, it could be a party. You get there at the other right time, it, it could be just... a murder. <laughs> <laughs> it could be whatever you... to turn into a party off the cliff. <laughs> <laughs> if I was to say Drew, you could go on one dream hunt anywhere in the world. What's this dream hunt? Oh man, that's a good question. Oh, I would say it's gonna sound weird, and you might laugh at me. Iguanas in Puerto Rico. No, I'd want to go to Australia and kill kill a koala. Kill a koala. Yeah. And yeah. Snuggle, <laughs> snuggle up with it after that. Ten pointer. I mean, ten. hard ten. to miss. Time and I'm temp. Imp. Time I'm and temp on a I'm koala bear. 
<laughs> I think mean, it is a bear. I think it's, it is. A, it's a it's bear a with name. a pouch, dude. It's, it's a like marsupial. It's like a forty pounder. I'm gonna wrestle it. Yeah, I wouldn't even shoot it. I just grab that son of a You're the first son of a bitch ever who said if they could kill anything in the world, they're going after a koala bear. I was thinking panda. <laughs> you are weird. <laughs> so uh, I love they it, cook up real good. Is it a full body mount, head mount? Are you doing that creep, like <laughs> the head tucked low on the koala whenever we walk into your bar? How do you figure you're going to mount this thing whenever you get? Because that's a that's a commitment. You're looking at a 27, 28 hour flight. Oh, yeah. Joe, I'm looking at animatronics. <laughs> yeah. What the hell do they? What do they? What them? What do them pandas eat? Eucalyptus. Eucalyptus. I mean, no, the panda bear. One in hand. Yeah, the panda bear. You're going robotic on this deal. Now is so I get you because I know some people. I got uh, my buddy Dane lives down there in Australia. I cooked with him a couple times. I might be able to hook you up with not even... I mean, this guy is a fantastic barbecuer. And I don't know if you've ever studied the Australian barbecue. What's that say right there? They have tags for these koalas? I think this is like... Yeah, they uh, cost $60,000. This is like a respect the koalas. (laughs) (laughs) You can still shoot guns in Australia. What do them Australians call each other? Mates. No. Oh, maybe it's no. The Australians call the people from Tasmania Mapatazi. That's not what I was going at. Bloats. No, they don't do bloats. That's the red coat. No, it's that C U N T deal. <laughs> yeah, that's Mapatazi. Oh, a cunt. Yeah, yeah they <gasps> say that word a bunch. That oh they use God. that word as a comma, a period. Like we ex- say, fuck. Say, no, like we say the word and. No, no, more. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah more. <laughs> so you're going to go down to Australia. You're going you're gonna to get you a big old buck koala bear. <laughs> yeah, you said three. Shit, I'll go with you. Hell, I'll drive us. <laughs> <laughs> Have y'all ever watched the guys that, that hunt the feral cats in in uh, Australia? I'd be yeah, a cat killing son of a bitch. So evidently these yeah, things you were... Have seen that video I've heard on my Facebook since you Facebook stalked me? <laughs> no, we were just looking at your wife. What do you got on there? Something about feral oh, cats? Okay. Oh, yeah. Hell I yeah, think... I got all kinds of videos about feral cats out there. I don't think you can hunt koalas in Australia anymore. You can with a flashlight. They're almost... <laughs> I think you got to go here in the United Dalton. States. I think you got to go here in the United States and just go to a zoo. <laughs> if I, I got to tell you don't get caught. We might still know somebody at Gentry Safari. They might have one of them koalas. I don't think they got any of them. <laughs> them koala bears, Bill has just let me know that they've been illegal to kill since 1912. <laughs> yeah, it looks like there was a damn near extinction that killed 600,000 right. or some shit. The yeah, you said dream hunt, not, not realistic. Oh, oh, yeah, dream hunt. He's right. Okay, dream if hunt. I couldn't produce you with the koala bear hunt. <laughs> After you wake up from your koala bear <laughs> hunt, legal hunt, are, are you, you going, going <laughs> Are you going uh, flamingo over bait, or what are, you, what are you doing after that? Oh, Lester, I don't even know how in the hell you bait a flamingo. <laughs> How do you get Trump in there that close? You killed any sandhill crane. You put a trailer house. <laughs> yeah. Now, believe it or not, believe it or not, there's two pairs of flamingos in my area this summer. 
Real ones? You got four flamingos I flying around? God damn, I'll be there I tomorrow. I got the Remington 1100. <laughs> I'll be there tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, there's something about the El Nino or something. I didn't kill one of them. I didn't see it, but I didn't kill it either. So clear over <laughs> All right. So what kind of uh, what kind of folklore spooky shits running around Kentucky? Y'all got Bigfoots up there? Do you got like uh, I got that stinky oh. ape. Blair witches running stink around. Stink ape. Stink ape, I think. No, that's that's Louisiana. You hear a lot about the Bigfoots, this, that, and the other, and the UFOs and everything like that. But I like to tell my kids about the Krampus. The who? Hmm? Krampus Krampus? (laughs) Krampus Krampus. I've heard heard about that. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Aaron just looked it up. It's a form of waffle. Is it a game? No. No. (laughs) Krampus Krampus. Krampus, it's, uh, It's Germanian. Um, yeah, it's Germanian. He was like a devil type fella. Or Did whatever. you say Germanian? I have yes. no idea. <laughs> Where is that at? Yes. What Germanian? the hell is this thing? That's some scary <laughs> shit. I don't even. I, I want to look. I want to look away, but I can't. Where is that is, the devil? Where is Germania? Yeah. So Germania was actually a tribe before all the countries were formed in Europe. I'll so be the damn. Germanians actually made up a lot of the Celtic people as well. I'll be damned. Or Celtic is what Joe called him. <laughs> yeah, he did. <laughs> that's where they got that. They got that basketball team, basketball dude. <laughs> yeah, believe it or not, that's where my wife's from. South yeah. or North Atterboro, uh, North Atterboro, Massachusetts. No shit. Hell, we got an island well, well, over I, in Oklahoma. I, hey, those things are pretty damn yeah. scary. Yeah, I was telling my kids about Krampus, and in the legends, Krampus would come. He he'd have a little helper named Black Pete. Black Pete will let him in the house. I'm not making this shit up. <laughs> no, you're not. No, no we feel like you are, but it sounds great. <laughs> yeah. Tar baby. Well, so you got Krampus and tar house. babies. What was it? Help. How bad the kid was. What was if it? The kids let him in the house. Kind of bad. He'd squat him. And if the kids super bad, he'd take him and replace him with a wooden doll, and he'd boil that kid up in his stew and eat him. Damn it! And like these things are rebel. running around Frankfurt. <laughs> Mister, I've been telling my kids Mister. about this since my oldest was like three. No shit. Did you show oh, many yeah. pictures? Holy What's the deal with the big long red tongue? Yeah. I took. Well, you know that dude right there used a thing of croissants and made one. <laughs> <laughs> Brother, <what's laughs> right? yeah. Dude, used all, some... all that came along with the Santa Claus. That was all the same kind of folklore. You're right. The what's the deal with the red tongue, though? It's the devil. Send me that picture so we could put it on. Now Facebook. that somebody uh, right there is going to give me nightmares. <laughs> the the croissant one. The croissant. No, the the. I don't even want to look at it. It's that dude's chick. made out blackface gal. That dude's made out of Pillsbury croissants, man. So now, I will say, black has definitely lost some favor in the recent years or whatever. But uh, yeah. Krampus is making a resurgence, but it's all about the old time of Santa Claus come from the same mythology. That so much comes to Joe's wife's house once a month. <laughs> it's just, yeah. The Krampus. Yeah. And about the time <laughs> the cable bill is due. Yeah. About, about, the time, about the time the cable bill comes. <laughs> yeah, dude. the Krampus comes in. Matter of fact, I'm going home to the Krampus tonight. Oh, oh God damn. Yeah. You want to spend that in my house? We'll pick Sorry up about, some, Oh, that's where the red tongue comes from. The Krampus. <laughs> so... Is this uh, 
Well, is, you can drink from it, you just can't eat it. Is, is this deal similar to... Uh, similar to... What's his name over there in the Netherlands? Uh, hmm. uh, what's the... Yes. It is? Same? Same? Yep. Same guy. Look up. Chichimaca. No, this is... Uh, Sounded Remember good. Chichimaca? <laughs> I just made that shit up. Sounded yeah, good, though, sounded good. <laughs> uh, Pete. His name is Pete over there. Uh, Black Pete. Black Pete, yeah. Black Pete. Black yeah. Pete. Yeah, Black Pete. They call Pete. him Pedro Negro in Mexico. <laughs> His name oh, is yeah. Swart oh, Pete. These guys are doing blackface all over the place. No, that's Swart to Pete, man. Yeah. He comes in with Santa Claus. Well, it was Moorish at the time. It wasn't blackface. It was called Moorish. Well, yeah. So he comes in with Santa Claus, and if the kids have been bad, he whoops the shit out of them with sticks. And if the kids have been good, look at that. He sure does. They paired up together. Yeah, Santa Claus and Swartz of Pete. That's a oh hell, that's that's buckwheat off little rascals. That's Swartz of Pete. This surely does not go on nowadays. I've got a crocheted Swartz of Pete right there in the man cave. Yeah, Black Pete's kind of been eradicated from the situation. Yeah, Black Pete made his way all the way to Kentucky. You can't run for president. Well, you know, he was eradicated from the situation. (laughs) Situation. So, how come? I mean, us as Americans, what what should we do? Let's keep the story, get rid of the racial factor of it, right? So, but he's got red lips. I mean, blackface, red lips. All right. So let's go into this. Well, they didn't have as many colors in the 1600s to draw everything. Joe, (laughs) (laughs) they had limited crayons. (laughs) Did uh, there's a black Pete with some little pink glasses on? So, how many times in your life have you heard the panther or the cougar lay out a scream? Ooh, talk about a change of pace. Twice? Twice? That's twice more than me. No kidding. So has yeah. there has there been confirmed sightings of the mountain lion in Kentucky or Ohio? Uh, I have confirmed one sighting in Kentucky that I saw, but I guess that's not a confirmation since I'm the one who saw it. Sure it however, is. However, three weeks later, I was made fun of. And I would not shoot the damn thing. I seen it on a deer stand. And this was not the time I heard one, by the way. Seen one on a deer stand, refused to shoot it. A couple weeks later, in the newspaper, somebody had a pet. And it got out. And it was caught. And it was all in the paper. Now, where I heard the squalls, I was in Westport, Washington. Had no idea where the hell I was or what I was doing. I was just walking through the woods looking for mushrooms. Had an uneasy feeling. Got talking to some people and they said you was in the wrong place, buddy. Do they believe in black in black cats in Kentucky? Well, we don't really believe in mountain lions around here either. So, as far as the black ones, I mean, it's it's from what I saw of a cougar around here. Is that was the horn. That a horn? It's a deformed mountain lion. Go ahead. There was no, there was no coloration to it, and I have not heard enough of anybody corroborating anything. Of like mountain lions are a big thing we want to try to prove, or some people want to try to prove, or that we saw. Now to see that's rarity to us. So to see a black cat would be an ultra rare thing that nobody's really ever seen. I got you. So hmm. nobody's at least admitted to seeing. Drew. Looking at you and just 
the the purity in you in you looking at you on this screen. Have you ever seen a UFO? Well, there's all kinds of things I've seen I can't identify. Was <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> hmm. well, it was it flying? flying up there. <laughs> I see things floating around. I don't know what happened. <laughs> <laughs> all right, everybody. Unidentified to me. All right, Drew. I've really enjoyed you spending some time with us, man. You're good stuff. And I, I can't wait to see you back at the World Champion Squirrel Cook-Off next year. Uh, so we're going to hit up with some final questions here. <clears throat> I've got a kind of a, a two-parter here. But first one is, what in your eyes makes a quality man? A quality man? I would say... Uh you want two parts of this or just one part? Just of give me, just give me what, what comes to mind All first. Right, and then I got another one. I'll say a man who, uh, fix what he's going to stand by and stands by it. boy. And then whatever uh, that is, kick it and you stand by it. Very good. And then, uh, what is one thing drew would tell a younger version of drew if he could fucking run. all right that's all i got thanks you passed what do you got uh red words oh i just want you to share a squirrel recipe with me we we share a squirrel cooking recipe with me we put in our book Uh, yeah maybe and a story and a story you already sent me a text message yeah i did yeah i did i'm working on it all right right, you take your time now yeah we got time make sure i get it right Hey, I'll, I'll send you more than one, and I'll send you a couple good right. stories. I'll send you some squirrel dust. That's what Bill's after. Well, so for me, Roger man, that. for me listening to you tonight and watching your uh, behavior on September 23rd, a man just don't wind up like that all by himself. It takes mentorship. And so we know Absolutely. we know about your granddad and the bait shop, but throughout your life, who has been your uh, – your mentors, your your leaders, your guidance, who's who's taking you to where you're at? Gotcha. Oh man, that's a that's actually a long list. I'll be honest with you, Joe. I try to take a little bit of everybody I meet. Try to pick the best out of everybody I ever meet and figure out a way to add that to me. Off the top of my head, I'll say some ones for the most. A fellow named Sean Murray. That fellow has done more for me than anybody I can even think of. His brother, Dirk Murray's taught me an awful lot as well, especially how to be an asshole. That's what he really showed me. <laughs> There's some value in that. I think I can. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, there, there's just so many, you know, there's a couple teachers here and there that I pick stuff up from, and I'll be honest with you, I picked up more from people I did not want to be like. Mm. So, and I'm not going to mention any names here, but I will say that there are people in my life that I've dealt with and thought, man, I've got a real good chance of turning out like them or having them influence my life. And looking at those qualities and looking at what they do and trying to pick them out of me before they get through. I, I love that. that that's, I think that's bigger, way bigger then who showed you the right way is who showed you the wrong way and you realized it 
nope. and try to pick that shit out of you. Man, that is a make sure you don't go down that way. That's a complete different angle than what we're used to. That's but awesome. you know you what? Mean. That is that is a very truthful deal. Strikes deep too. I think so many times in life we we're picking out heroes, and maybe we should pick out those outlaws that we don't need to be like. Yeah. yeah. Hey, villains are heroes too. They just got a different perspective. That's right. <laughs> Jose Martinez. Man, I've got like the 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 more I've listened to you, Drew, the more questions I've got. Martinez, of, book a flight, buddy. Let's hang out. You bet, you bet. And that's what that's exactly what I want to do. But some of them I've I've got a, like four questions, but a couple of them are like one word answers. Hell, I got time. First thing off my first thing was I was going to say, so everybody's heard of Harlan County, Kentucky. How far is that from you? Depending on who's driving. <laughs> uh, I mean, I can drive. I, just, hour, I, can, I can drive. I just can't get stopped. About an hour and 45 minutes. So not far. Nah. I mean, there's been there's been shows on TV that's kind of, you know, made that big, a big deal, Harlan County, Kentucky. Yeah, it's a shame they didn't film them there. Exactly, but. exactly. So that that was my first part. Uh, second part. Who who is your best friend? And this is a new one that I've. Who was your best friend growing up? My best friend growing up. Well, I'll tell you that changed throughout the years. I think my first best friend was a fellow named Brandon Butler. No relation to me, by the way. And then uh, following that up was a fellow named Colt Parker. Me and Colt Parker was best friends until we was about 18. Then I drifted for a while, and then my best friend was Jared Croft. And now my best friend's his dad, Paul Croft, who I came to the squirrel cook off with. Oh, wow. That's cool. Nice. Good answer. Nice. And of, of, of the 72 cousins... Are you the best-known cousin? Uh, depending on which circles. I mean, if you're talking to a bunch of people as assholes, then yes. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I mean, I feel like yeah, you stand out in the crowd. Well, I definitely stand out in the crowd more than anybody I've usually ever met, I'd say. But, uh yeah, out of the cousins, unless you're unless you're in with the EPA or ETA <laughs> or something like that, yeah, I'm probably the most standout. There you go. Hey, uh, and then my last one is one I always ask: What is your what is your best childhood memory? My best childhood memory, believe it or not, is taking my mother squirrel hunting. Oh, nice. I was 11 years old. She'd never hunted before in her life. And uh, we went out with my New England firearms, the 20-gauge shotgun down in Campbell County, or I'm sorry, Campbellsburg, Kentucky, and uh, down in a place called, uh, well, shit, friend's house named Donnie Gorns. He had just this awesome little place. He allowed us to go down there and spend some time, and everybody had their people. And I was too young to go by myself yet, but I was the oldest one, so it took mom. We'd never been before Got to see my mom shoot her first squirrel, and when she shot it, I got to watch her giggle and go, "Ooh, I can't believe it fell!" <laughs> and that was just awesome. I mean, being that young and getting to see somebody's first kill, I don't know why, but I'll never forget that. How come? That's how come awesome. tonight you haven't talked about Alex Sizemore? Well, you want to know about Mr. Sizemore? 
Man, I want to know about how he got in trouble. How he got in trouble <laughs> or how I got in trouble with him? <laughs> Either one. He left a message on Facebook, said for you not to mention him tonight, so I just thought it would be proper that you went ahead. And All right. Well, we'll, we'll talk a little bit about Mr. Alex Eismore. Mr. Alex Eismore is a very, very good friend. Um, I met him from, through doing some things that I guess normal folk probably wouldn't do. You know, a little morning time drinking, this, that, and the other. And uh, Alex is a Purple Heart veteran. He was a fellow who uh, he wore that radio just knowing what might might or might not happen and we've been through a couple things together and uh i love that dude i really 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 do i really can't think of anything bad to say about him i wish i could but ain't nothing bad to say about him well i think alex is going to be a loyal listener after this show i think you're going to bring us in some people so i'll i'll close out by saying this uh you know our show is is funded by value for value and if you enjoyed listening to Drew tonight, if you got some value out of what he's saying, man, send us a message. Tell us about it. If you would, you could go on. You could leave us a, a five-star review on that Apple deal. You could click on something positive on the Spotify, whatever it is. If you want to give us some whiskey, whether it be from Kentucky, Tennessee, or they even make stuff out west now, I hear. Yep. Uh, we will drink it live right here on the show for you. Um, and that's what keeps you coming back week after week. Even up pay, in Canada. Paying yeah. for this deal month after hey, month. That's the old midwinter mid nights. nights drama. That sounds drum. like drum. Drum. What's drum. Dram, damn it. What's drum? Yeah, that's from Utah. No that's kidding. Utah. That's that Mormon. Mormon whiskey. Yeah. Ain't got no caffeine right. in it. Damn good. <laughs> <laughs> if, you, if you like the show... <laughs> Yeah, let us know. Let us know. Send us a little jack. Something. It, yeah, if you got anything to give, give it up. But if pastries, not, we'll even us, eat pastries. Give us your words. We like hearing from you guys. It means a lot to us. It really, uh, it really keeps me coming back. I mean, I love it. Yeah, so, man. We've heard some, and we do it for you all. We've heard some really cool stories about how our stupid Tuesday spent inside of this room has helped people. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, Bill, have you gotten any help from the show? Yes, sir. I have. I get help from almost every guest that comes on, and especially from these guys sitting around this table. It means well, a lot to me. If, and if Drew, it's great. Great us, visiting bro. with you. It's great. If we can, if we can pass on the word that ninety-nine percent of the American people are solid, that we all got great stories, uh, and that nobody really needs to be a stranger. You can meet a fellow like Drew become friends with them, cut up, sit around a table, uh, laugh, learn, all of that. You could do it with your neighbor. I'll, I'll end by one final question. Drew, do people still wave at each other in your part of Kentucky, driving down the road? Uh, yes, but there are multiple waves. Never grab a high sign. So that's not a simple question at all, Joe, and I'm more than happy to field that, though. So you got your one finger left, right? Yeah. That's where you got the left hand on the steering wheel. You flip up that one index finger, and that's the, hey, how you doing? I'm going to work. Yep. And you see your buddy coming by, and you're on the phone, or you're having a cup of coffee. You give them that, them two fingers straight up, <laughs> right? Then you're going on down the road, and you see that old 
old fellow that you just really don't want to see, but he just sees you and he ain't going to stop. Or you pull out your right hand, set down your coffee, and you do that big and fat. <laughs> Holy shit, I'm right that way. Then you got your, then uh, you got your, you know, that bastard who just, you know, gets a little too close behind you and he cuts you off. And, you know, that's the old lay on the horn and you give him that one cold <laughs> way where you're not going on to anything but with your fist. So, yeah, there's a lot of ways going on while we're driving. Do you think that it's still alive and well in, in that part of Kentucky? Oh, absolutely. If they're looking at their phone, I'm bumping them. Buddy, I'll buy a brand new damn car. I'll, 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 I'll tell you right now, if you want people to get out of your way when you're driving down the road, get a car within three years, brand new, and put a big fucking dent on the side of it. <laughs> I'm telling you right now, you go down the road, everybody will get out of your way. It's awesome. It's better than having a shiny car. <laughs> Hey, I, love it. I sure have appreciated our guest Drew Simmons tonight. Ellis Barbecue there in in Eli's. Eli's, sorry, Eli's in Cincinnati, Ohio. They got mashed potatoes. They put on a flat top. They got some good ribs. Uh, Drew tells us if you walk in, make sure you get the hot dogs. Absolutely, and and all our music's run by record players, so pick you out a record. Oh, yeah. hold, hold the cigarette butts. Yeah. Hey, thanks, Drew, for coming on. And well, I won't hold Yeah. Thanks for coming on, man. You've really been add a lot of value to this podcast, and it's guys like you that are that make this thing gold. So, uh, listeners, like it, share it. We love you, and we'll catch you on the next one. Love you. They're into barbecue, cooking women, say they're good looking into me. There ain't a way to go wrong. If you're out at the lake or with the hippies getting baked, they're going to love it if you turn it on. If laughter and good times, tall tells some big lies, fall under your category. Get with Aaron and Joe's, cause you know you wanna go and hear them cooking up a story. Just get with Aaron and Joe's, hey, you know you wanna go and hear them cooking up a story.